0: so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire.
1: Peace be with you. Friends, we know this scene well. Jesus, in the area of Caesarea Philippi, asks his disciples, Who do people say that I am? After they report the common consensus... John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets, Peter speaks up. You are the Christ. Now, what precisely would a first century Jew have meant by this title, Christ? We read it, of course, through the lens of 2,000 years of theological speculation. Peter would have said in his Aramaic, You are the Mashiach, The Anointed One. That Hebrew Aramaic term Mashiach was rendered in Greek as Christos. Hence our word Christ comes from it. Well, who was the Mashiach? What would someone like Peter have meant by it? Well, for centuries, Jews have been waiting for a deliverer in the line of David. Someone who would liberate Israel from its enemies who would gather the tribes into one great nation again, and who would make Israel a light to the world. That was the Mashiach's job description. Recall the prophet Samuel anointed David when he was a little kid. And the Bible tells us the Spirit of God rushed upon David. That was the moment he became the Mashiach, the anointed one. David, like Saul before him, and like so many of his successors, was a warrior. He spent almost his whole career battling the enemies of Israel. As the first book of Samuel puts it, slaughtering his tens of thousands. Well, friends, in prophet after prophet, psalm after psalm, we hear the longing for a new David the definitive David, the warrior king who would unite and liberate his people and bring about the reign of God. That was the Mashiach. That was the Christ. However, in the very midst of the Old Testament, there is a strange description of the Messiah. It's fair to say it's a minority opinion. It's an egregious exception to all of the usual descriptions. We can find it in the 50th through the 53rd chapters of the book of the prophet Isaiah. A bit of this very odd description constitutes our first reading this week. Listen now, as Isaiah the prophet channels, as it were, the words of the Mashiach, the Messiah. Listen. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. Huh. This does not sound like the Davidic Messiah. This does not sound like a warrior king conquering the enemies of Israel. Giving his back to those who beat him instead of fighting them? giving his cheeks to those who plucked his beard, not punching them back, not even shielding his face from buffets and spitting? This hardly seems Davidic. And then we hear, of course, in chapter 53, he was despised and rejected by others. A man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, Surely He has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. He was wounded for our offenses, crushed for our iniquities. Again, this does not sound like a Davidic warrior king, despised, rejected, a man of suffering. None of this sounds like the standard expectation of the Mashiach. Ah, but friends, now reading all this from the Christian perspective, we are getting very close to what Hans Urs von Balthasar would call the theologic. God's way of thinking, God's way of imagining, God's way of picturing the world, theologic. In God's logic and God's speech, things are often not as they appear. Things are often turned upside down. Is the Mashiach a warrior? Yes, but listen in this Isaiah text, how he will fight. Not in the usual way. He would fight by becoming a lamb of sacrifice. Now, I said this Isaiah opinion buried in the middle of the book of the prophet Isaiah is a minority opinion. That's true. It's egregious, it's strange, it's exceptional. And we can hear the exceptionality of it in Peter's response. Peter says, I think you're the Christ, I think you're the Mashiach. Immediately, Jesus clarifies what this means. Listen, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders and killed. Representing the common attitude, this is not something peculiar to Peter, not his little psychological hang-up, but representing the mainstream opinion of his time. Peter, of course, who had just confessed him, now rebukes him Boy, that verb is strong. Peter takes him to task, corrects him, remonstrates with him. Yes, you're the Mashiach, you're the Messiah, the Christ. That means powerful, victorious, a military hero, a new Solomon. That's what it means. And again, Peter is in line with the mainstream of his tradition. To be killed to suffer, to be rejected, all that would be a sign that you were not the Israelite Messiah. But Jesus rebukes him back. And these are, I think, among the most startling, disturbing lines in the whole New Testament. He says, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does but as human beings do. Extraordinary, isn't it? Nothing more startling, nothing stranger in the New Testament than those words. Peter himself, who's just confessed correctly who Christ is, is now rebuked because he had rebuked the Christ. And notice, please, what the Lord says. You're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. You, Peter, are thinking according to a human logic. But in fact, we must listen. As Isaiah anticipated long ago, we must think theologically according to God's logic. Okay, what is it? What's the difference? The human way of thinking... As old as the hills, as old as King David, as contemporary as today's headlines, says this violence should be met with violence, injustice answered through more injustice, evil confronted by revenge. That's the way of the world. That's human logic on display. That's the way the Mashiach was imagined to be according to our sinful imagination. But we know from so much painful experience, the Pope, by the way, Benedict XVI, just reiterated this last week. We know from painful experience that such logic simply perpetuates the cycle of violence, deepens existing Hatreds solves no problem. What the true Davidic Messiah shows is a new way of responding to Israel's enemies. Here's the wonderful irony, as I've said before. Does Jesus fight the definitive battle? Yes, he does. Does he stare down the enemies of Israel? Yes, but how? By absorbing their hatred in love, forgiveness, compassion, and thereby transforming it. Nailed to the cross, he can say, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Jesus absorbs the violence of the enemies of Israel. That means the violence of sin, of the whole world. He absorbs it in his love and his compassion and his nonviolence and thereby transforms it. He doesn't perpetuate the cycle of violence, but he brings it to an end. He shows, as Isaiah anticipated, how the Mashiach would fight. Oh, an idle dream? No one that's been through the 20th century should ever say that. Lots of powerful people who read these texts of the New Testament and who honored Jesus the Mashiach knew the power of these words and of this witness. Martin Luther King, facing down racism, facing down stupidity and violence, did so not with an answering violence, not with an answering injustice, but through nonviolence and through a compassion that absorbed and thereby transformed that hatred. Bishop Tutu, following the exact same method in South Africa, confronted the enemies of God. Yes, he did. But not with the weapons of the world. Not with an answering violence or injustice. But did it through compassion, nonviolence forgiveness. And, as I've often said, John Paul II in Poland in the early 80s practiced this with powerful results facing down one of the most powerful empires in the history of the human race and defeated it not with the weapons of the world but with the weapons of the true Mashiach, the true Messiah. I saw a videotape just recently about 9-11 as I record these words were two days after the fifth anniversary of 9-11 the commentator said this very simple but very profound statement we have to love our way out of this we can't hate our way out of it friends that's not to be namby-pamby or wishy-washy that's not to be naive that's not to be idealistic in a silly way No, no, the people that perpetrated 9-11 were wicked people. But the truth remains, the fact remains. We can't hate our way out of it. But following Jesus the Mashiach, the suffering servant who bore the infirmities of the world, who took them on himself and transformed them, following him, we must take up our cross we must walk in his footsteps and then we as Christians as his followers become a means by which the cycle of violence and hatred can be broken there's the power of this text that's what it means to follow Jesus
0: the Mashiach the Christ and God bless you I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire I pray that together We might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.